Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Cool. So, hi, my name's Hannah. Um, I lead Ivy Sharston, which is one of the plants from Ivy, um, and we meet at the Message Trust, um, which is in Sharston. That's why it's called Ivy Sharston. Really imaginative name. Um, and so, yeah, we meet on a Sunday morning, and there's a lot of plants um, around the city. So much as we are going to be not here, Ivy is continuing, and so if you aren't already aware of churches that are going on, I'm um, at the one in Sharston. Tim, who you've heard from already, he's in Fallowfield with Ollie, um, and we've got a lot of them around the place, so please do come and chat to one of us and find out where else you could get plugged into in the morning if you haven't done already. Um, for me, in thinking about tonight, I was thinking about how this is quite different in that actually it's the final one of us being here and yes it's coming back in January but actually it's not going to look the same as it does now and I know for a lot of people who are really like love change or just love like interior decorating that's really exciting and it's like they can view that it's going to be lighter in here and beautiful but for someone like me who's a bit more of a like homey and I quite like things the way they are it's it can be really difficult and it can be really difficult to see change and um, as I was kind of praying about tonight I remembered something that happened to me in this building a few months ago now, it's about four months ago, um, where I kind of had a life-flashing-before-your-eyes experience. Thankfully, I wasn't dying. Um, but I just had this like moment where I saw... My, I was in this building, and it was the evening service was going on, and I just saw myself in different spots around the room. And I felt like God was just showing me his faithfulness in my life. Um, and so it started off with, um, I first came here when I was 18 and I sat at the back there, right by the door, because I wanted to be able to get out because I was really angry that we'd moved to this place called Manchester. And everyone was so flipping nice. And I was so annoyed, like everyone that was nice to me, I was like, stop being so nice. I don't want to like anyone here. Um, and then that evolved and I chilled out. And it's like, um, but I still had no friends. And so I remember another time where we used to have the seats that way there and I was sat there and um, I made friends with the first person. And I used to just kind of, anyone that I'd meet because I had no friends because I'd just moved here from Surrey, I would just sit next to them and be like, hi. Oh, and then I'd think, okay, she seems nice. Do you want to go for coffee this week? And I just like, everyone that I met, I was like, let's be best friends with everyone because I had no friends. Um, and thank Thankfully, this house gave me friends and um, some pretty amazing ones as well. It's also in this room that I came to the front here um, and was prayed for when I was accepted to have a new job um, and I was accepted by the Message Trust to run everything that they do in women's prison. And I was 19 and was given the responsibility of doing everything for women in prison. And so I was like, God, I've tricked everyone. Everyone thinks I can do this, and I totally can't. And so I came forward and didn't tell anyone why what I prayer, because they might tell my boss, and um, just totally felt the Holy Spirit on my head and um, just kind of pushed me down. And I know I was only 19, but I never go on my knees, because it hurts my knees, so I knew it was God that I went down onto my knees. And then even further than that, I just completely spread myself out at the front here, with my face on the floor, because I knew that God was speaking to me, and he said, every time 
that every, uh, every day in this role, you lie down so that I can stand. And that's what he led me on in, my, in that job for ages. But that was there that I was called. Um, it was right here that I stood to be married to my husband, Lawrence. And so that was a really like happy day. Yeah, weep for him, he's great. Um, that, that happened right here. And just as like God was like revealing it, and it was like this spotlight on me of like, it was there that this happened, it was here that this happened. Um, it was just on a seat back there where actually not only happy things happened in here, but it was just there that I sat with my arm around my sister as she was having a weekend of not knowing whether her ectopic pregnancy would end in the baby's death. And I just sat next to her and had my arm around her as we just listened to the music play and we couldn't sing along because we just cried. And yet we sat together and we met God's faithfulness through that time of just him being really present with us. So I've met him in that, in that deep way when actually you're really in pain and yet he's with you. And I met him here, without this here, where there's water here sometimes because there's baptism. And I met him in the water when I was able to baptize some of my friends who I'd been in prison with, as in they were prisoners and they came out of prison and became Christians. I wasn't, yeah, I worked in prison. Um, and like um, a couple of my girls, I was able to baptize in the water here and see them become Christians and see them get involved in church. And I was also in this building where um, I sat at the back just a few, well, through the, no, I'm gonna go next, here, over here. Um, I stood when I celebrated that I had a baby boy and all the promises and the faithfulness that God did in giving me a baby boy. And I stood, um, at, I sat at the back there for a long time while I had my little boy and kind of this was my place to come and actually hear from God because everywhere else was child like child thingy and I just sat at the back there and like would just receive from God and it's where he built up again that confidence in me that I could hear from him. And thank you to those of you that are here who actually listened to me when I would sort of test it out again of, well, I think God might be saying this and I think God might be saying that. And that happened here that I prayed with some of you and I was able to just love to get to know some of you as God was building that confidence in me. And the last one, it was me at the back there, um, often sit at the back, clearly, I'd like to hide, um, where God again met with me in just saying, okay, now you need to trust me again as I'm going to do something bigger and we're going to do something different and I want you to really step out as I want you to lead Ivy Sharston. And that wasn't something that was easy and yet God totally met me there through so many ways. And so for me, this building is full of memories. It's full of moments. It's full of pivotal things where God met with me and he walked with me. And maybe for some of you, this is your first time here and it's like, I'm not really that bothered about this building. For some of you... Sorry if that's, well, it's good if that's you. For some of you, this is similar. This is where you met your girlfriend who became your wife. This is where you got married. This is where you had a really tough time and people got around you and prayed for you. This is where you've just been coming for the last few months, but actually you've refound Jesus again in this place. And we want to say that we recognize that and we honor that and we love that. And that's why it's brilliant that this place isn't being just destroyed and totally, but actually this is just being redone. And so what I want to look with you tonight at is that God knows us and that we're known by him. And therefore we don't have to fear and we don't have to fear change. Because through all of those stages and maybe some of those you've been through and yet you see that he's faithful through it all. And so um, in the morning... 
churches. We've been looking at um, choices and that we all have choices. And um, we looked last week at choosing to follow. Um, and then we're looking today at choosing to be known. And I think I, I actually know through, and it, you have to kind of remind yourself of that stuff. And it was through being reminded of all this stuff that I thought, yeah, I do know I'm known by him. Because sometimes you have to let yourself remember in order to know that, you've be, that you are known. And um, Kyle Eidelman um, has some great stuff to say about the word yada. Um, it's probably the best word for intimacy in the Bible. And it means this. It means to be known, sorry, to know and be known completely. And I think the word intimacy and people saying um, being intimate with Jesus can sometimes feel a bit uncomfortable and it's a bit like, oh, intimate. Because actually we've made it quite a sexual thing to be intimate with somebody. And yet actually this is, comes right back from Adam and Eve and it's like the purest thing of Adam knew his wife. Adam had yada with his wife. He knew her and was completely known by her. And so I want to explain what this means and what this looks like a little bit more. For me, I saw that I saw this yarder this week. Um, I went to Stepping Hill Hospital um, to meet with Ian and Sharon Horton, who are a couple in our church. Who um, Ian has just recently had um, a stroke and he's been really poorly. And so I met with them and had a coffee with them. And he was sat in his wheelchair, and we kept as we were chatting away. Now and again, she'd just say, oh, you're okay, Ian. And then she'd adjust something with him or move his arm for him. And then we'd carry on talking. And then again, she'd say, are you okay, Ian? And then do something else with him. And, and I was sat there like, how does she know? Like, what's going on? And she said partway through, she just said, oh, sorry. I can just see in his eyes that he's not all right. And so I'm just, and she just knew what to do with him. Because she has this yarder, she knows him completely. And she said, I can just see it in his eyes. And I love that, that we can have that relationship with someone where actually they don't need to explain it all to us, but actually we just know. And I hope that for you, you've got someone in mind who you think, yeah, I just know them like that. Maybe it's a friend. Um, for me, I've got a couple of friends that are like that, where actually you just need to say one word and the both of you are giggling at something ridiculous. And you know that this is the case. You know you're there with that friendship when you try and explain it to someone else who comes in the room. So you're both laughing at something and then they come in and they're like, what? And you're like, yeah, well, it's just basically this thing happened. It was really funny. And then and you can tell they're not quite getting it. Um, it happened for me this week because my next door neighbour... It's really nice, we're getting to know her. And she was like, oh, on Friday night, I heard you laughing so much. Like, I've got a really loud laugh, so I wasn't surprised. But she was like, I heard you laughing like, on the doorstep, like, really laughing with your friends, what was going on? She actually thought I was drunk. I was like, no, I wasn't, but it was really funny. And then I could tell she wanted me to explain why it was funny, and I was like, oh, no. So I was like, well, so I'm going to explain it to you, and then I'm going to use that example of it being awkward because you don't find it funny. But... We were on the doorstep, basically, I was with my friend Lauren and my friend Lucy. And basically, Lucy's shoe made a trump noise. And so I said, Lauren, and it really looked like Lauren had just done a trump on my doorstep. And so we laughed a lot. Then, like two minutes later, she's like, why are you telling this to everyone in church? She's right there, by the way. Ha, 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 the power. So... Then, but I'm not joking about it, so that was quite funny the first time, ha, 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 ha. Then later, we went out again, came back, same moment on the doorstep, literally her shoe just went, Bruh! and I was like, Lauren, and she was like, I really didn't do it, I didn't do it, and we pretended we totally thought it wasn't. It was just really funny, and so I told my neighbour, I was like, basically, da, 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 da. and she was like, okay. 
And then I was like, oh man, now I seem so immature that I found a Trump noise funny. But between us girls now, any time we're on a doorstep, I'm just going to probably laugh because we have this knowing. We have this relationship where we just know each other. We know the things that will make each other laugh, even if it makes other people think we're just a bit immature and weird. You might have it with um, your sibling. It might be that actually you could... I have it with my sister, where we could be in the same room in the same room and everyone else could think she's fine and yet I see her and I can just tell something's not right, something's happened, it's changed and I can just feel it and I can't explain it to anyone else and everyone else would think, well, she's fine and yet I can just see it and so I'd go over and see she's all right and maybe you have that with someone. Another one might be, which I have and again, someone else in the room, I'll embarrass slightly, is the mum look. My mum is the queen of the mum look. Like, I remember, especially when I was younger, like, messing around in church with my friends, maybe sat at the back a bit, like, thinking I was cool, and we'd be laughing and messing around, and then my mum would just hear, like, the creak of the chair as she turns around, gives you the look, and everyone else would carry on, and I'd be like, "Mm mm-mm, my mum's giving me the look, I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not, I'm not doing anything else now, otherwise when I get home, I'm going to be in trouble, so definitely not. She didn't have to say anything, she just had this look, and you knew... It's all stopped now. I'm just going to sit quietly. And I've been practicing this look. I have a three-year-old. And so I've thought, well, if my mum's the queen of it, I've seen it for years. It can't be that hard. And so the other day, he was messing around, and I, I just, you know, gave him my best. And he went, what are you doing that vase for? <laughs> What's that vase, mummy? I was like, that's the look. It's the look. So clearly, I need to, like, build on that one, that yarder between us, where one day he'll know. One day. He's just a bit too cheeky, I think. But yeah, we have that. And I hope that as I've been talking, you've been prompting you to think of people in your life that you have that kind of yarder relationship with. And that's the relationship that God wants with us, is actually he knows. He knows how we feel, but we know how he feels. We know what he's saying. We can just kind of feel what he's doing. And um, so what does he know? Something that I say to my husband that really annoys him is... um, One sec. I'm good, Um, is I say to him, you don't know me. And then I make him prove why he does, just now and again, just to wind him up, is I'm just like, you don't know me. You don't know me. Go on, tell me, why do you know me? And then he has to say things that make me like, okay, yeah, you do. You do know me. It's all right. We can stay together. It's fine. But like, I actually do that to him as well. It's a bit mean. (laughs) I just want to know that he really knows me. Um, And so what does God know about us? He says that he knows every single hair on your head in Matthew 10.10 says that he knows the plans that he has for you. And some of this you might think, oh yeah, I know that one. I just want you to think about that for a second. And I want you to know that this is really personal for you. And that these things are promises and they're him speaking directly to you. It's not just for other people around. It's not just for someone else. This is for you. And you've probably heard this before. But even if you have, I want you to think about that again. Actually, I've got a lot of hair. Or maybe you haven't. But he still knows. He knows how many. He knows every single hair on your head. That's how closely he knows you. He knows the plans that he has for you. He knows the plans that he has for your life. And again, that should mean that there's no fear because you believe in a God who knows the plans that he has for you. Plans that are for your good and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I love that song that we were just singing where like, your name is... Jesus, it's hope inside me. That's what we have. We have hope inside of us. He knows every single movement. We're going to have a look at a bit of Psalm 139. Oh, it's really small, isn't it? 
I'll have a look for you. Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. I love that, that he like knows the things we're going to say before we even say it. Sometimes that's a bit scary. But actually it's amazing and that's how intimately and closely he knows us. I want to tell you, this is going to seem really random to throw this in there now, a bit about shepherding in the Middle East. Why? So, shepherding in the Middle East. Anyone here a shepherd? No, shame. Well, shepherding in the Middle East is very different to shepherding nowadays. Shepherding in the Middle East meant that people... Um, When they had their sheep, they would kind of go out with their sheep all day. A shepherd would go out with his flock and he would kind of hang out with them and get to know them and walk around everywhere with them. But then at night time, maybe he had nine other shepherd friends. So you've got 10 shepherds and they've all got about 100, 100 sheep each. And so all day they're off on their own, but then at night time they come together and they put all of their sheep in the same pen that is made up of um, a brick wall about waist high that's kind of a little square or rectangle um, with a gap and so all the sheep they just usher them all in there get them all in there and so that's what it's talking about in John 10 1 to 5 I just wanted to explain that because sometimes we read stuff and we're like I don't know anything about sheep what is this about so that's the context of this in fact I'll read it from there because my version might be different again I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger they will run from him because they don't know his voice. So that's telling you the story is that's what happens. They have the pen and all the shepherds um, kind of bring all their sheep. And then one of the shepherds says, I'll stay behind and I will become the gate. So I will lie down in that gap. And if anyone comes to try and steal our sheep, I will kill them. I will destroy them. I'll scare them. I'll do whatever I have to do to look after my sheep, our sheep. And the other nine go into the village and have a drink and a nice meal and go to bed. And then the next day they come back. And the way that you know that that truly is one of the shepherds whose sheep are in this, because now we've got a thousand sheep in one pen together. The way that they know is that one of the shepherds goes into the middle of all the sheep. Is my microphone all right, by the way? Okay. Sorry. Um, Goes into the middle of the sheep And he will do his call to the sheep. And only his 100 sheep will recognize his voice and will follow him out. The rest of them will stay there because they're like, that's not my shepherd. And I was like, what? That can't be true. So I YouTubed it because that's what you do when you're not sure of things. Google or YouTube, that's why they're linked. So I have a video to show you. That's what you're saying in your head too. This is amazing. I love that. So that proves that it's right. YouTube always proves it right. (laughs) Verse 14, John 10, verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. 
just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Our shepherd lay down his life for us. He is the ultimate good shepherd. And he knows us. And the thing that's even one step further on than this that's like really incredible with sheep, and then I'll leave them alone, is not only does the farmer or is the shepherd able to kind of call and all of the sheep that are his run together. And I really feel like this might be for some of you tonight that actually you're sat and you're thinking, cool, so that is great that those verses are right, that you know we're all God's children and therefore that's really great. All together we're God's children and you've still not taken this personally for you today. But there's also a thing where the shepherd knows each one of his sheep. He knows where one of them's bruised. He knows where one of them is a bit more difficult. He knows every single thing about each one of them so that he can recognize them and he knows that that one is his. And then when he calls them, if he wants just the one sheep, if he wants just one sheep to come, then he just changes the tone that is for that sheep. And that one sheep will come to him out of 100 or out of how many there is there that he also knows about very personally the one and how to call them. And so I really want to encourage you today that if you're feeling like, well, that's nice, I'm one of a massive flock, that you're also one sheep that is known by God. You are one child that is loved by the Father. And this is so for you. It's not just for the person on your left or your right. God knows you personally. He knows your story. He knows if actually it hasn't been like mine or in that, you know, God did this and he did this and it was great, but it's more like been the hard things that I've been through. He knows everything that has brought you up to this point. And I really want to invite you today to welcome him in hearing his voice again. And the way that we hear his voice is through the Holy Spirit. And you might have heard of the Holy Spirit, that he is a dove or a fire or a cloud, but he is not. He's represented in these ways, but he's actually the third person of the Trinity. And he is all the power, glory and authority of God is the Holy Spirit. And it says that when we come into relationship with God, when we come close to Jesus, when we accept him, that we receive the Holy Spirit. And therefore we have all power, glory and authority of God inside of us. And that is incredible. And that is how we can hear his voice. That as we build in relationship with him, that we can hear his voice. And the final thing that I want to say is that the shepherd doesn't have to persuade the sheep to go. He just calls them and the response is they follow. And they trust him. That actually if the shepherd is saying, okay, we're going now, we're going to go and find some greener pastures, then they trust that, God is, that the shepherd is calling them to better things. And I believe that for here, that much as I love this building and it's got history in it for me and it's got some real moments of God meeting with me here, I know that I am known by him and I trust him that if he is calling us to something else, if he's calling us to transform this place, then it's because he's going to do so much better with a new thing. And I just need to trust in my shepherd. And when he calls me, I need to follow him. And so what we're going to do now is... Um, just have some more time of worship so if the band can come up that'd be great but we're just going to have some time of listening to God like I've said he knows he knows us but also we have the opportunity to know him but before I do that I do just want to ask that and I'll always do this always anytime that I speak give the opportunity that if anyone doesn't know him if anyone's been listening to this tonight and thinks well that sounds amazing that there is this God and I didn't know that he knew me like that I didn't know that he wanted me I didn't know that I was his child and that this was personal for me then I want to invite you that you can come into that relationship with him 
and that you can get into this relationship where you hear from him. And so I want to ask that if everyone could just close your eyes because I'm going to pray for us in a minute. But I want to invite anyone, if that is you tonight and you just feel like, do you know what, I've been far or I've not been hearing his voice or now I want to. I want to say that I'm sorry for the stuff that I've been doing that isn't right, but I want to now leave that behind because I want to hear his voice. I want to get in relationship with him. Then I'd love for you to just do something really brave and raise your hand so that I can see and I can pray for you. Thank you. Awesome. Now, for us as church, this is the greatest thing that anyone could do. So you're not in a room of other people that are judging you or thinking, all right, they've put their hand up. You're in a room where everyone here is hoping that somebody puts their hand up. We're all sat here like, come on, God. And so I want to encourage you to be really brave and keep your hand up now and let us see you so that we can all pray for you. So if you raised your hand, please may you put your hand up again. Thank you. Cool. So everyone else, you're allowed to open your eyes. And let's just for a minute celebrate, and then we're going to pray for them. Let's celebrate this. Awesome. Okay, now everyone else, what I would like you to do, you can put your hands down. And if you saw a hand near you, I'd like you to just put your arm out towards that person. And we are all going to pray for them. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these people that have been brave and put their hand up tonight. But I thank you, Lord, that more than that, they have just stepped onto something amazing. Lord, I thank you that they are saying, that no, I don't want to carry on the way that I've been going. But instead, Lord, I want to come into relationship with you. I thank you, Lord, that this was for them tonight, that they have a good shepherd who knows them and loves them and wants to continue to get to know them. And I thank you, and I pray now that you would just fill them with your Holy Spirit right now, in Jesus' name. That as they are filled with you, that they would start to hear your voice so clearly. I thank you that you only want to encourage. You only want to lift us up. You only want to pull us close and say, I love you. That your first word over us is, I love you. And that there is a party going on in heaven right now. So Lord, we bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.